Hi, this is Sue Burke. Welcome to my podcast. I love it when scientists discover a new species, but I usually don't talk about small species such as bacteria and favor the interesting ones like new spiders or mammals. But this bacteria does something so cool that I couldn't help but share it with you. It begs the question, the crazy question, can bacteria break down plastic? Is there such a thing as plastic eating bacteria? That idea sounds like science fiction, and in fact, I had thought to write a story about plastic recycling gone wrong, and I may still. But for now, bacteria eating plastic is actually a thing. The other thing that's really cool is this bacteria naturally evolved. In 2016, Japanese scientists isolated a bacterium from outside a bottle recycling plant. Why were they even doing this? I have no idea, but it's a good thing they did. They discovered a new species of bacteria, one that eats plastic. This new species is named Idionella sakinesis, which I'm sure is a terrible mispronunciation, and I'm very sorry. But the cool, other cool thing is that in just 80 years since the invention of polymer plastic, evolution has succeeded in producing an organism that can defeat this man-made material. How did this happen? Why did this plastic-eating bacteria evolve? Well, I think it appears as a result of our global environmental crisis. In response to the current crisis, microbes evolved the capacity to utilize synthetic polymers as energy sources. Plastic is all around us. Let's take a minute and look at what plastic is, as in its chemical makeup. Plastics are polymers. Polymers are long chains of repeating molecules. Their little repeating molecular units are called monomers. When heated in the presence of a catalyst, monomers link together by forming extremely strong carbon-carbon bonds. Until recently, no, about 80 years, nature hasn't seen these strong carbon-carbon bonds. This is why man-made polymers don't degrade. It's estimated that a straw can take 200 years for the bonds to break apart. A disposable diaper can take 450 years. The poop inside the diaper will break down a lot faster. Organisms that break down other organic molecules, such as the poop, took billions of years to evolve, such as termites, which have enzymes to decompose cellulose. Cows can eat grass, and we can eat apples. We have the enzymes capable to break down these molecules and utilize them as fuel. Some polymers are man-made. One of the most important natural polymers is DNA. Anyway, some people say, or you've read, that prolonged periods of exposure to sunlight results in photodegradation of plastics. What this exposure to sunlight actually does is result in fragments of plastic becoming smaller and smaller. Enter a new issue, microplastics. When photodegradable plastics break down, 
If you read the fine print, the truth is that these plastics never completely degrade because of those strong carbon-carbon bonds. They divide into tiny pieces called microplastics. You may have heard about the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. This name is a misnomer. There is actually no island of trash in the middle of the ocean. The debris is there, however. It's just not easily seen from a boat because it's mostly microplastics. The microplastics of the Great Pacific Garbage Patch simply make the water look like cloudy soup, which is pretty gross. Uh, most of the large debris in the Great Pacific Garbage Patch is made up of inexpensive fishing nets. There's something called ghost fishing. This happens when these discarded nets continue to catch marine life and suffocate marine animals. It's horrible. I have some horrible, horrible pictures on my webpage. They've even found recently microplastics in the air in a remote me region in France. So who came up with this idea for polymers in the first place? Hermann Staudinger. He's considered the father of polymers. Prior to the early 1920s, chemists doubted the existence of molecules having molecular weights greater than a few thousand units. They thought that these large molecules were aggregates of smaller molecules not bonded together. In retrospect, this limiting view seems a little silly. But then again, so is showing anyone a YouTube video after you've watched it. No one ever seems to find them funny. I have no idea why. Anyway, Staudinger presented sound experimental evidence to support the existence of high molecular weight polymers. It took almost 20 years before the science community accepted his polymer theories. He did win a Nobel Prize in 1953 for chemistry for his contributions. Why do we need plastics? I've been talking mostly about the bad aspects of them. While plastics were originally developed to avoid the use of animal-based products, I can see why people would want to do that. Plastic is easy to hate, and I'm pretty riled up. But let's think about what's good about plastics. Plastics protect vulnerable products from damage while in transit, and from contamination and damage from moisture, humidity, gases, insects, microorganisms, and breakdown from UV light. Uh, they reduce waste by increasing the shelf life of many products. They reduce fuel consumption because plastics weigh less and make it more economical for transporting goods. This does reduce carbon emissions. 25% of all medical plastics and 70% of disposable medical applications are made of vinyl. Insulation made from plastics revolutionized safely getting one of my favorite things, electricity, to many people. Seals on aircraft fuel tanks and refrigerator doors, to name a few, are made of plastics. If we didn't have plastics, we wouldn't have cell phones or computers. We'd be restricted to wool and cotton and animal hides, and we'd have no synthetic materials for our clothes. Okay, it would be tough to live in our society without plastics. That said, plastics are clogging our planet, which is why scientists thought that these small but mighty bacteria needed an investigation. After they answered quest the question, can bacteria break down plastic, yes, researchers wanted to know how. 
What is this bacteria's secret weapon in actually breaking down plastic? I've alluded to it earlier, enzymes. An enzyme is a biological catalyst. The point of a catalyst is to increase reaction speeds. Enzymes are almost always proteins. Like all proteins, enzymes are made from strings of amino acids. Our DNA directs our cells to string together hundreds to thousands of amino acids in a specific and unique order to create an enzyme. Our cells make thousands of different enzymes to speed up chemical reactions for different functions. Enzymes are highly specific. So, bacteria break down the plastic with enzymes. It is a bold claim. But don't forget, everybody laughed at Hermann Staudinger. The scientists showed that Ideonella psychiasis, that, that bacteria, produced two enzymes capable of breaking down plastic into its monomer use it, units and actually use the monomer use it, units to fuel themselves the same way that we fuel ourselves with glucose. More research followed, which proved the claim, and then scientists showed uh, they took it to the next step. They used a machine with a powerful high-energy electron beam to decode the enzyme structure of the two enzymes that the bacteria produce. This cool machine is called a synchrotron, and they have them in various places in the world, and scientists can rent out time. I think it's free, but scientists with a, with a valid project can rent the time out, use the time to look at things under the electron microscope with a high beam. So a group of scientists were able to figure out the amino acid sequence for both of these bacterial enzymes. Then they used a different bacteria and coded it, nudged it, to make, these new, make the enzymes inside the bacteria. Their first enzyme worked 20% faster than the natural enzyme in the bacteria. This means that after the enzymes broke down the polymer with those strong carbon-carbon bonds into individual monomer units, the monomers could be potentially recycled. Then they engineered a connection between the two enzymes to create a superenzyme. This increased the plastic breakdown three times faster than the bacteria could do. Obviously, researchers have a way to go. We're working on a microscopic level here. But this is a significant leap forward in our fight against plastic, plastic pollution. So, what can we do about it while we're waiting for the researchers to continue their research? Obviously, we can try to stop using some plastics, like asking the takeout guys not to include utensils. I found this cool company, Global Wake Cup, that does make a lot of products from bamboo. Bamboo is actually grass. It's not a tree. It's fast growing, needs no fertilizer, and self-sows from its own roots. It doesn't need a lot of water either. It produces 35% more oxygen than a tree of the same mass. And the pandas love it. So consider bamboo products. I have a link on my website for this company, and you can get a discount if you purchase some of the cool straws or anything else. Another thing you can do is turn this into a STEM activity with your kids or grandkids. Wear those plastic gloves. 
Grandpa, and go to the park or shore, pick up some plastic trash, recycle it, and tell them about polymers. I have some other links on my web page for other ideas about how you can help the fight against plastic pollution. My boy Louie wants to help, but he doesn't have opposable thumbs. You can do it. We know the enzymes are out there, and for now, we'll thank Mother Nature for creating them, the plastic-eating bacteria, and we'll keep cleaning up on our own, too. Check out my website, www.susanburkcook.com, for more information and links and cool pictures. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast and for stopping by. You take care.